You're listening to the Gates Church Podcast. For more information or to support this ministry, please visit thegates.org. For the past month or so, I think it's been a month, but the Lord has been leading us through on Sunday mornings is uh, the portion in the Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of Luke where Jesus teaches his disciples how they should pray. He's actually answering their question, uh, Lord, how should we pray? And so we've been going actually at a snail's pace through the Lord's Prayer. And um, I've been especially blessed by how slowly we've been going. I don't know what that says about my intellect, but either in any case, um, it's been amazing to to just go really slowly through the Lord's Prayer, not even verse by verse, but in some cases word by word, um, to learn and, and to really consider and try to understand and put into practice what Jesus has, has taught us about prayer. Um, I'm going to read the prayer from Matthew 6, 9 to 13. I'll recap a little bit, and then I'll, I'll teach on one specific part. So Matthew 6. 9 to uh, chapter uh, verse 13 says this pray then like this our father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven and give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil and we've titled the sermon series, When You Pray, because Jesus says, when you pray, um, don't do it like this, but instead do it like this. So the first message was an introduction, uh, some of the context. Like I said, Jesus teaches his followers how not to pray, actually. He says, don't pray like the Pharisees who, who heap up empty words, uh, essentially thinking that they're um, earning God's favor with the way that they pray, but instead pray like this. And then the next message, uh, which Pastor Greg shared, was, about the first word of the prayer, which is our. The Lord's prayer is plural. Jesus, not once does Jesus say I or my in the prayer. And again and again, it's our, our. And so um, this spoke to me in significant ways about how, how we should be praying, not in a self-centered way, but in a community-based mindset, right? We pray as the church. We pray for and with one another. Uh, the Lord's Prayer is plural. And then last week, uh, what Pastor Greg was shared about a father in heaven and, and just about how significant it is that Jesus refers to God, of all things, as our Father in heaven. And how as we come to him to pray, this is how we approach him as our Heavenly Father, and not the way that we would necessarily approach an earthly father, but like our perfect loving father in heaven. He compared it to a child who, who confidently and lovingly crawls up onto the lap of their parent, right? Just to spend time with God, to speak and be with God, and so on. Our father in heaven. And so I felt like each message or each week has really built momentum off of the last one so far, and this is awesome because we're really just getting started. We're still in verse 9. This morning what I'm going to be sharing about is the next phrase where Jesus says, Hallowed be thy name. Second half of verse 9. Hallowed be thy name. This is sort of a tricky phrase 
as I um, prayed and read about it, I actually discovered that it meant more than I thought it did. So I hope that as, as we dwell on it this morning, that you as well will be um, encouraged and that your faith will be deepened as we think about how and why Jesus would say this to God. Hallowed be your name. But it is kind of tricky. Or it sounds a little confusing. It reminds me of um, praying with our kids. We have two kids. They're five and three years old. And so we have the responsibility and the blessing and the frustration of teaching them to pray. And um, it's good. It's an adventure. It's about 50-50, though, where half the time while we pray with our kids, um, I'm astounded and I'm educated by the things that they say, right? In what they pray and how they do it in their faith, their childlike faith. And it's just, it blesses my heart um, 50% of the time. Um, the other half, though... What ends up happening is Chris Lynn or myself actually referee their prayers. Um, we referee the sport of prayer for our kids. So to give you an example, what happens more often than not is we say, okay, um, it's bedtime or whenever we're going to pray, so let's spend some time praying. And then immediately um, a shouting match of prayer begins between, because there's two of them, and they both want to be first, and they both want to be, I suppose, heard the loudest, and so they will begin yelling their prayers, I guess at God, but mostly to try and outdo each other with their volume, and, and then we have to step in and say, time out, two minutes for shouting for both of you or whatever, and it's, it's entirely frustrating. Um, and I think that's maybe... How, when Jesus told us not to pray like the Pharisees, maybe that falls in with that. So we teach them that's not really appropriate. I don't think God wants us to pray this way because you're clearly out of your mind. <laughs> um, so we get to referee their prayers. But either way, it's good because I learn, we learn as we do this as well about how and why to pray. Um, so one thing in particular that's been catching my attention every time that I hear it from either of our kids. They've gotten into this habit of saying something. And when they say it, I'm like, pardon? And I have a feeling that God, it catches God's ear as well when they say this. And it's usually at the beginning of, of their prayer. And um, we'll say, let's pray. And they'll say, okay, I'm going to pray. And we'll say, whoever it is, okay, you pray. And they say, God, thank you for God. <laughs> and then they carry on with their other things but they often begin with god thank you for god and every time i'm like confused but i can't help but be like yes amen <laughs> amen to that i have to agree i don't really know what it means but it sounds good and i am thankful god for god um and this is, this is sort of i was reminded of this phrase god thank you for god um with what Jesus says in, in his prayer to God, he says, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. And, and if you are familiar with the Lord's Prayer, this is so easy to say or hear and pay no attention to. But if we think about it, it's like, how, how does this work? He's praying to God and he's saying, God, hallowed be your name. And the first problem is, if we use the word hallowed, what does that even mean? I never say anything is hallowed. 
unless I'm praying the Lord's Prayer. So what I'm saying is it's an archaic word. We might sort of know what it means, but it's a confusing word to say. Um, so in this case, what I would encourage any of us to do, if, we, if we're reading our Bibles and uh, we're not sure about something, something that's very easy if you have Internet access or a Bible app or more than one Bible, is change translations to see what other translation what other translators would use maybe instead of that word um so i was doing that with with this with the word hallowed because i mean i could look it up in the dictionary but i wanted to understand it a little bit clearer in the biblical context so let's do that right now i have two other translations the first one i read was esv which is tends to be the standard for um it's called english standard version but it's kind of like the standard version that we use um, at the gate, but it had that word hallowed in it. So what about others? Um, HCSB translation says it like this, verse 9. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Okay. And a different one, the Common English Bible says, Our Father who is in heaven, uphold the holiness of your name. So it's different. It may be no less confusing, uh, but the meaning is certainly the same. Our Father in heaven, our Father who is in heaven, uphold the holiness of your name. In fact, as we read different translations, if it doesn't say hallowed, there's a good chance that the word that they're going to choose is holy or holiness. So this is what we're talking about when we, talk, when we say hallowed. What it means is to make something holy. We're talking about holiness. Jesus, at the beginning of the Lord's Prayer, is speaking of God's holiness. But if we, if we pay attention, we notice that Jesus isn't simply making a statement, saying, God, you are holy, which would be fine. That's a good thing to say in prayer. But that's not what he does. He's actually coming to God with a petition or a request. As we read in those two translations, for God to uphold the holiness of his name, that God's name would be honored as holy, and so on. It's an appeal to God that he would reveal himself, that he would demonstrate who he is. Jesus is asking his Father to reveal himself as the only one to be praised. And we can understand this better when we pay attention to how Jesus says, uh, Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Well, what does it mean? What, what is God's name? Well, in the biblical context, usually if we read about God's name, that word symbolizes who God is. Right? It's not just a title, but it embodies who he is. And, and furthermore, the way that he is perceived among the nations and among his people. We still talk this way sometimes. Um, for example, we talk about someone who makes a name for themselves. Right? This is a normal statement for us. If so-and-so has made a name for themselves, well, this, this can either be a good thing or a bad thing. Right? Someone can make a name for themselves as a bad person, as, as someone who shouldn't be trusted or, or someone who gossips or steals or whatever. There's all kinds of things. Someone can make a name for themselves in that way. That's a bad reputation, right? We also say, 
oh, this person has made a name for themselves as actually a compliment. It's a good thing in certain contexts. It means that um, maybe in the business world that someone has uh, become some sort of leader or prominence or they have integrity, so they've made a name for themselves. Or maybe someone's made a name for themselves as being a kind and generous or, or a good person or whatever. And these are good ways that people make a name for themselves. So this kind of shows us what Jesus means or what the Bible means when it talks about the name of God. It's significant. It, it's the symbol or the word which represents who God is and how we see him. And this is significant. So when Jesus prays that God's name would be uh, that his name would be holy or upheld as holy. It's a request that God would make it so that people would understand him in the correct way and respond to who he actually is. Now, Jesus is picking up on something that is a theme, uh, and the theme makes it sound too insignificant. It's an important theme of Scripture, um, the holiness of God's name. There are examples of this. One is from Ezekiel, the prophetic book in the Old Testament. God tells his people through the prophet, I acted for the sake of my name, that it should not be profaned in the sight of the nations in whose sight I brought them out. And and God's referring to redeeming his people from Egypt. He acted for the sake of his name. God reminds the nations of who he is, that he's the true God, the God who saves. His name should be howled. In the book of Isaiah, God explains this in a different way. Isaiah 48, 10 to 13a. He says, Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I've tried you in the furnace of affliction. For my own sake, for my own sake, I do it. So he says it, he says it twice to emphasize. For my own sake, I do it. For how should my name be profaned? My glory, I will not give to another. Listen to me, O Jacob and Israel, whom I called. I am he. I'm the first. I am the last. My hand laid the foundations of the earth and my right hand spread out the heavens. So in this context, God's allowed his people to walk through what he calls the furnace of affliction. He's tested them. They've been punished. They've, they've reaped the results of their sin and their, their poor choices. And specifically what's been happening is uh, God's people have uh, not given credit to his name. So God's blessed them. He's done things for them. He saved, redeemed them, and, and carried them. And they've taken that and they've given the credit to false gods to idols that they've constructed so God steps in to say my name won't be profaned this, this can't carry on and he, and he explains why um, for example I made the universe um, my right hand spread the heavens I'm the first I'm the last I am God so don't give credit to anybody else God is holy. His glory should not be handed over to idols. So we're talking about God's name. So going back to Jesus' prayer, hallowed be thy name. This, first of all, it, it takes our eyes 
off of ourselves or our circumstances or our idols, whatever, whatever we've perhaps placed our eyes upon. And Jesus points our gaze to the holiness of God. God is holy. This is the truth. This is reality. And Jesus knows this better than anyone. He knows that we need to remind ourselves of this reality when we pray. We need to speak this truth of who God is and remind ourselves of specifically who we're praying to. We're praying to our Heavenly Father, who is holy. And so when we put this into practice, Jesus says, pray like this. When we do this and we say, hallowed be your name, we're actually doing a very significant thing. It's not a small, meaningless you know, introduction to the Lord's Prayer, but it's, um, it's a grand beginning to a prayer. Like I said, if we've read the Bible, we read just a couple instances, but if we've read Scripture, we know that God wants his name to be praised among all people, everywhere. So by asking for his name to be hallowed when we pray, we are stepping in line with the will of God. When we say, hallowed be thy name, this is a prayer which is completely in line with God's will. And this is amazing, isn't it? It's so often in prayer, we muse about what God's will might be. We wonder, and sometimes fair enough. But, but don't we desire to pray the will of God? Like don't, when you pray, don't you want to pray with confidence knowing that you're praying God's will? I do. I want that. I know that, God's an, that God answers those prayers. So when we ask for his name to be hallowed, hallowed, it's hard to say, we are doing just this. Jesus gives us something that we can pray with 100% confidence, without a shadow of a doubt, that when we say these words, we are praying the will of God. Lord, may your name be holy. So now that we've kind of thought about what the verse might mean, let's talk before we finish about what it means for us or perhaps how we're changed when we pray this. What happens? Or, or maybe how will God answer this prayer? It's, it, it's God's will for us to pray this. When we pray this, we're praying within the clearly defined will of God that his name would be made great among the nations and in our lives. So what does it look like? Well, we do this. Uh, this morning I'll give us two ways or, or two areas where we can see this prayer taking effect and uh, they're linked to each other, but they're also, they can be seen as distinct. So the first area is personal. The second area is missional. So first of all, when we ask God's name to be hallowed, we do so in our lives and in our hearts, in us. So like I've been saying, we, the beginning of the prayer reminds us of the reality of God, of his greatness, of his holiness. And so we pray that by the power of his spirit, we might walk in this. We might bear his name correctly and with righteousness and faithfulness. Now, the psalmists touch on this in many of their songs. 
Psalm 115 begins with this. Not to us, Lord, not to us. Again, there's repetition for the emphasis of how significant this is. Not to us, no, but to your own name give glory because of your loyalty and your love and faithfulness. This is important for us to do when we pray because, I don't know about you, but my basic temptation is to glorify myself or an idol, right? That's the temptation uh, through in and throughout from the beginning to, to have gods other than the true God. But when we pray with Jesus and say, hallowed be your name, we are resubmitting ourselves to God's will in our lives. Lord, bring me back for your glory. Not for my sake, God, but for your glory. The psalmist says, because I've believed, I've experienced your, your loyalty, your love, your faithfulness, and so on. It's who God is. So we speak these truths. And when we pray for this, we can expect for, for this to change us, for our actions, for our words, our work, our worship, and certainly our prayer, for our lives to do just this, to uphold the holiness of God's name. Another way to understand what this looks like is, is well, what, what's, what's the opposite of this? What about dishonoring God's name? What does that look like, as specifically as Christians? We think of it like this. We, the Bible tells us that we have been given all things through Jesus Christ. All things that we need come through Jesus. And if we believe and we have his spirit, we've received these things. And yet, at any given moment... If we look at ourselves, we may not be living as if this were true. You know, so, for example, we believe that God is in control and he's sovereign and he's good. He's got a plan. Well, then why are we filled with fear? We understand that God has given us the truth. Well, then why are we uncertain God has redeemed us by his son, so why do we continue to sin? God graciously blesses us. Why are we ungrateful? And so on. So this request and petition to God that his name would be made holy in our lives is asking for his spirit, but the power of his spirit to actually transform us from within and, and change our hearts and change our, our lives and our actions so that it lines up with what we know to be true, right? With what we've received through Jesus. In other words, Lord, save us from our, our hypocrisy. Right? Instead, may your name be truly holy in our lives for your sake. Hallowed be your name. That's a personal request to God. And this leads naturally into this, the second implication that I want to touch on, the missional one. The petition for God's name to be made holy is both personal, but it's also missional. And this means that as we pray this, we're praying for God's glory to be made known ever more among the nations, among people who currently don't 
know him or who have heard his name but do not receive it as the true God. Hallowed be your name. God, may your spirit enable new believers to know you and love you. God, may those who have ran from you turn back to you and once again know you as the one true God through Jesus. Hallowed be your name. Another psalm says this, Psalm 138, 1 and 2. I give thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods, I sing your praise. I bow down toward your holy temple, and I give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted above all things your name and your word. When we pray to God, we come before the God who is set apart. He's above and beyond all other gods. We pray, how would be your name so that his name would continue to be exalted? Yes, in my heart. Yes, in our church. But also outwardly in those who do not yet know and believe. Jesus' prayer that God's name would be hallowed is a cry for the world to believe and know the gospel as he revealed it. And what's interesting is that Jesus was the answer to this prayer as well. He provided the solution for the world to come to God and know him for who he is. So I've kind of rushed through these ideas. I want, before I finish, I want to recap and remind us of what we've been talking about. So Jesus' prayer points us, first of all, to God. We say, hallowed be your name, to remind ourselves simply that God is holy. And we speak this. We say, God, you are holy. You're set apart. You're above all. You're worthy of our praise. There is no other God like you. But as well, when we pray, hallowed be your name, we are asking something of him. We're inviting him, in fact, by the power of his spirit, not on our own, but we're inviting his spirit to impress this on us. We're asking for God's name to be holy in our own hearts and also in our witness to the world, in our lives and in our witness to the world. May God's name be known as holy in ourselves and in the world as well. And when we pray this, we can have confidence knowing that this is the will of God and that he has answered this prayer through Jesus and he is answering this prayer here and now by the power of his spirit. Let's close in prayer now before we move into communion. I'll invite the bands as well to come back up to the stage and begin playing. If you'll bow your heads with me, let's pray and say, Lord, you are holy. God, as we've considered this basic truth, I do pray that our eyes would be all the more open to receiving who you are and what you've done for us. Lord, that your name would be on our lips with songs of praise and thanksgiving and rejoicing. I thank you, Jesus, that you didn't just 
teach us a lesson about how to pray, but you showed us. You walked and lived and ministered, showed us the exact imprint of God the Father. And that you showed us in your sacrifice on the cross. Lord, thank you that you love each and every one of us enough to die for our sins, to save us by your amazing grace. Lord, may this message remind us and move us once again to repentance and to just joyful thanksgiving at receiving uh, your grace, your love, to be reminded that you are our Heavenly Father and that we can come before you and and know the the greatness of who you are and yet be humbled by the fact that uh, you listen to the words that we say. And so God, I thank you that you are continuing to teach us about prayer, about how to pray, and especially God for, again, for what we've talked about this morning, hallowed be your name, God. May that be on our lips, and may we be open to what that means for us as we allow your spirit to move in us and to teach us and to mold us in ways that that would have our lives be a true proclamation of your name, God. May your name not be profaned in us. May we not turn to idols and false gods, but, Lord, to you alone, for the sake of your name, for your glory, for your greatly to be praised. Pray this for us in our hearts and lives, um, in this church, and that by doing so, Lord, that you would pour out into the world that needs you so much, and we just want to be a part of that, Lord. So again, we say, hallowed be your name, Lord. Your will be done. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen.